Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. We are here with a very special guest. He is a former North Carolina Tar Heel with the funkiest yet most effective delivery in Major League Baseball. You probably have seen him decked out in catcher's gear in the Blue Jays dugout. It is current Toronto Blue Jays right-handed pitcher Trent Thornton. What is up, Trent? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Good, man. We'll get right into it. And just based on the fact that I'm just a a recognized journalist, I'm going to ask you, what's the mood like in Dunedin right now? You're in Dunedin, obviously, in spring training with the Blue Jays. What's the mood like for my Toronto Blue Jays? It's it's real good. Um, You know, we made some big uh, acquisitions over the offseason. Got Ryu, got Anderson, got Roark, uh, Travis Shaw. Um, We've got a young core. I mean, we're we're super, super excited. I think we put all the right pieces together to the puzzle, and I think we're going to go out and compete and win next year, this coming year. Yeah, like I said, man, I get torched online for this. I get torched by my American friends. I say the Toronto Blue Jays are a sleeper this year, and everyone's like, John, you're an idiot. John, you're this. John, you're that. But if you look at the young core that you guys have with Bo Bichette, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, I think you guys are going to be something serious. And obviously, I'm going to include you and pump your tires a little bit because you're a dog on the mound. So I had to include you in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, we, we got a good young core. And um, I mean, you're forgetting that, you know, Lourdes Gurriel is 26. We got a bunch of younger guys, you know, uh, uh, on the mound that are able to start and come out of the bullpen. And I mean, it's, it's just a good group of guys. We all gel really well. We vibe well. And, you know, we're all out there trying to compete and win. And um, I think this year we're going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, no, you are. And honestly, I want, I'm going to put this on the record. I want everyone to give me credit when the Blue Jays this year go over the win total. And I want to be there dialed in live, live watching my boy Trent Thornton on the bump, man. So let's talk about when you got traded to Toronto because you didn't get drafted from by the Blue Jays. You get dealt here from the Houston Astros. So what was that transition for you to go from the Houston Astros team that drafted you to the Toronto Blue Jays in a whole different country? Yeah, it was kind of a crazy story, actually. Um, you know, I, I was in AAA with the Astros and threw, I don't know, probably about 130, 140 innings uh, in AAA. And then they sent me to the Fall League, and I was coming out of the uh, the pen. I probably threw another 25 innings. Um, and then as soon – it was my, like, protection year, my Rule 5 year. And I, I fly from uh, Arizona to Florida to pick up my car down in Florida. And then I had to drive back from Florida – to North Carolina to go to a family wedding like that day. So I was like showing up right at the wedding and uh, go to the wedding, wake up in the morning, going to a football game with my dad and my uncle. And uh, right before we're about to leave, I get a call from the Astros, you know, and I'm expecting to get put on the 40 man and uh, then protect me. And he's like, Hey man, like got, got some real good news. I'm like jacked up waiting here. Like, Hey, we're putting you on the 40 man. Hey, uh, we just traded you to the Toronto blue Jays. And I kind of like blacked out, had no clue what was going on. I said, thanks, hung up the phone, walked inside, told my family, hey, just got traded to the Blue Jays. And I went, oh, crap, man. I have no clue what he just said to me other than we traded you to the Blue Jays. So I called the guy back, and uh, he was like, yeah, someone from the Blue Jays is, is going to call you here shortly and kind of give you a little rundown. So I'm like waiting for a phone call. And this guy calls, and uh, he's like, hey, super excited to have you. Um, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what you can do this year, blah, blah, blah great conversation and towards the end of the conversation i was i completely forgot who it was and i said what what's your name again he goes oh ross atkins and i was like oh okay <laughs> hung up the phone and i walked inside i said my dad's like who'd you just talk to i was like some guy named ross atkins he's like do you know who that is i was like no clue he's like that's the gm <laughs> and i was like well i'll probably just sound like an idiot so he uh ross was giving me a hard time last year in spring training just hey man <laughs> Like it was, it was all you know, fun and games and stuff. Not nothing too serious, but it was, it was kind of funny. 
Yeah, now I got to ask you a little bit of question off the field. I asked Nick King on this first guest. Shout out. He started this. He's the founding father of this podcast. This is a little funny question. How thick, how perfectly thick is Vladdy Guerrero Jr.? Because in my opinion, his thickness to mass rate to mash ratio is the best in Major League Baseball. I think he's perfectly thick. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's he's easy to see. Um, you know, <laughs> he's 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 a he's a big donkey guy. You know, super super strong. Got a big butt. Um, that's where I think he gets all of his power. But I mean, he's he's a tremendous player, obviously, and you know. It's, it's proportioned well for him, and he, he gets the job done. Yeah, and, and I also wanted to ask you about a guy that's also pretty thick. His name is uh, – I don't know how to say his first name, so I'm going to say Ryu. And actually, you could teach me how to say his first name because I have no idea. I don't want to butcher it either. <laughs> <laughs> so what's he like? What's that kind of – what has he brought to your pitching staff? It, it's been awesome so far. I've tried to talk to him as much as possible. Um, you know, super, super nice guy. Um, you know, every time I've talked to him, he's more than willing to share – all the info he can on, you know, I've talked to him about pitch grips and stuff like that and his mentality behind certain different things, but he's going to bring a lot of positive energy to our team, a lot of leadership and, and veteran leadership. So, uh, you know, we're all super, super excited to have him. Yeah. And I, like I said, man, I was at a loss for words when the Blue Jays picked up Ryu because I, as you know, you were here, the Blue Jays don't really like to spend money that much. So that kind of caught me off guard and kind of showed that like this year, we're not here to fuck around. So let's talk about your division here, the AL East. I mean, I pray for you every single night, just having to pitch in that division, having to face the Yankees all the time, the Red Sox all the time. What kind of adjustment was that like for you to go from pretty much like AAA to just thrown right into the fire and into the AL East? Yeah, I mean, you quickly learn that you need to be able to make adjustments as quickly as possible, like in-game adjustments. You can't wait till after the game to think, oh, like I should have done this, I should have done that. Um, So you don't have the wiggle room to kind of, figure it out like you need to do it right then and there because one pitch can, can cost the game I mean you're facing you know some of the biggest names in baseball in that division you know with the with the Yankees Red Sox and Rays um, so it was it was it was really cool though because you're pitching in Yankee State and you're pitching in Fenway as a rookie and you know you just gotta have to take the time and soak it all in yeah and I, I want I wanted to start off a little a conversation for you a little stat that i brought up just in case when you go to arbitration sooner or later i do this with a lot of my major league guys are you ready to hear the stats and maybe i could take part in this arbitration meeting let's hear it all right in the this is a stat i, I came up with of you a little good good analytic good research on my behalf in the month of september and october your record is 2-0 and with a 219 era and 26 strikeouts and 24 innings so i, I feel like it's appropriate to call you mr september do you, would you back that up <laughs> Hey, you know, yeah, just let's get a bigger sample size, and I think we're on to something. We might be on to something. And listen, fantasy owners, if you want to pick up a little sneaky guy in September, I mean, we got Mr. September right here for you. And the last stat that I wanted to bring up is this is something going deep into the pedestals of the stats. The last stat I wanted to bring up was during day games, you have a 3-1 and record with a 250 ERA and 55 strikeouts in 10 games. So would you classify yourself? as one of the greatest day game pitchers in the modern era. Can we start that narrative also? Yeah, I mean, I, I think might as well. Um, you know, the thing about day games for me is, you know, I wear glasses when I pitch, and it's a lot easier to see during the day. So uh, I don't know if that has something to do with it, but heck, you, you, you might be onto something. <laughs> we might have to get you just like as a uh, like a spot start kind of guy. Every day game, every Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, you're going to be on the bump. Yeah, yeah. Let's also talk about Toronto because you, like I stated earlier, you get traded to Toronto. Have you ever been to Canada before you got traded to the Blue Jays? 
No, that was actually the first time I'd ever been out of the United States. That was the first time you ever been to Canada when you got traded to the Blue Jays? Yep. So what what, what was like the first, like I asked this to Nick, what, what was the first like impression you got when you step off the plane and you're at Toronto Pearson International Airport and you see just the beautiful Toronto skyline? Yeah, I mean, it, it was breathtaking, really. Like, I'd never really seen a city like that. It's so clean, so beautiful. I mean, it's, you, you know, huge condos, the CN Tower, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was it was awesome. Like, it was, I really don't have any words to describe it. Yeah, let's plug a couple food places here. What's what's the go-to food place for Trent Thornton when he's on an off day or even during before a game, whenever? What's the place that you go to majority of the time in Toronto? Oh man, I, I don't even know how to answer that. I I, I dabble in a little bit of everything. So I mean, I I, jeez, Toronto has so many different kinds of food that I'll just you know jump around from place to place. I can't say I have one specific place that I like. Okay, no, that's fine. I mean, we don't give free advertisements on here anyway, so I would have blurted out until they paid <laughs> paid me to advertise it. And you used to play for the Houston Astros. I couldn't even imagine what that was like for you to see across the field the, your former teammates and guys you kind of moved up in the system with. Yeah, I mean, like for me, that game, I, I was pitching with a chip on my shoulder because I thought I had done enough to at least get an opportunity with the Astros. And, um, you know, being able to pitch against them, like I said, on Father's Day and and, you know, have that little bulldog mentality going out there and just trying to, you know, show those guys what they missed out on. Um, you know, that was, that was kind of a big deal for me. And, you know, I was, I also was lucky enough to have my dad in the stands on father's day there. So that was a just really, really special moment for me. So let's talk about the, the catcher's gear you wear in the dugout. So what, what kind of sparked that? Cause that I'll be honest with you, man, that kind of, Obviously, besides your like performance on the field, it kind of made you a beloved fan, a beloved player here in Toronto. Just seeing how funny you are. Oh, you're on the bench and you're you're decked out in full catcher's gear. What 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 happened with that? Yeah, I mean, I try to keep things pretty light um, when I'm not on the field competing. You know, on the field, I have you know, I'm 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 pretty. I guess you could say uh, ferocious. I like that word. Um, but uh, <laughs> like like off off the field, you know, I try to keep things light. Try to keep guys in a good mood. Uh, you know, the positive vibes and all that. And uh, we were playing in Baltimore, and um, I was just kind of joking around with a couple guys in the dugout because we were trying to get a little rally going. And I started putting on, I think, a shin guard, you know, catcher's mask. And guy got on base. Guy got on base a little bit more, a little bit more. So sooner or later, uh, bases were loaded. I'm decked out in full catcher's gear. And I think I think it was Rowdy Telez maybe hit a grand slam and everyone's just losing their mind. <laughs> so we start we keep adding more stuff. You know, they put eye black on me, they tape my wrists. I mean, I'm decked out in full catcher's gear and the guys in the dugout are loving it because I mean I think we scored seven, eight runs in two, two and a half innings. And uh I think the the best part was is somebody hit a foul ball towards me and I dropped down to my knees to block it. And uh, like Buck Martinez and some of the the broadcast guys were were giving me a little love, and uh, it, it was it was good good time because now but now everyone everyone uh you know confuses me with Danny Jansen because we both wear glasses too, so you know I might, might have to add me to the catching staff. Yeah, as as we say, like I'm a guy with glasses. I played with glasses, but you probably don't know that much about me. I hit 180 in junior college, which is why I said I'm the fall American. I was the greatest hitter in the fall of all time. <laughs> I, I I truly blame that for my vision. So can we, every time you have, once in a while you have a bad start or whatever, just blame it on your eyes. I feel like that's like the, the best scapegoat for guys like me and you with glasses. It's just, man, like the eyes just didn't have it today. I couldn't see, and I couldn't see the strike zone, and that's why I got shelved. 
Yeah, glasses were fogged up, had an eyelash in there, just wouldn't get out. You know, I, mean, I, I definitely think you're on something there. Do you feel like the Toronto media like overplays that? Because I'm honestly thinking about starting a Twitter account, Trent Th- Trent Thornton's eyes, and just tweeting. It is Trent Thornton wearing glasses today? Yes or no? And just updating the Toronto sports fans because that's all they talk about when you're starting is is Trent Thornton wearing glasses today or is he going contacts? Like it's a bit like it's a massive thing. Yeah, I mean, so the thing was, I think I I only wore contacts two times last year, and what the first time was against the Orioles, and I pitched really well. And so I took it into my next start because once it gets humid, you know, you, you sweat a little bit more and the drips get on or the drops get on your glasses. And uh, the first inning against Tampa, like I got something in my eye. I was getting ready to take the field, take the mound. And I'm trying to get this thing out of my eye. And Vladdy bumped me and knocked my contact completely out. And my right eye is my worst eye. So I had nothing in my eye. I didn't have enough time to get another contact in. So I think I was facing uh, G-Man Choi, first batter of the game. And I couldn't even see, like, I was seeing two of them. And somehow I had a one, two, three inning. But that was one of the scariest moments of my life because, like, I, I couldn't see any. Yeah, so we should say, like, we should kind of start one of the greatest performances in baseball history is you pitching with one eye. You pretty much pitched like you were a pirate. You might as well have just worn an eye patch on while you were playing that game. Did you get? Did you happen to get a new contact later in the game? No, I just took both contacts out and went right back to glasses. And let, yeah, let, let's also talk about, you just mentioned uh, Rowdy Telez, and Nick Kingham told us that Rowdy Telez is kind of the jester, the funny guy in the locker room. Is this true? Can, can you back this statement up about Rowdy? Yeah, he's definitely one of them. Um, he's another, you know, good spirit type guy, good guy to have, good locker room guy, uh, great teammate. I mean, like I said, you could say that about a bunch of the guys in, in, in our locker room. Everyone's, everyone's, you know, a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, and, and let's also talk about a couple other guys on the team. Uh, just the, I call this guy Canada's songbird, Bo Bichette. What's that handsome, handsome devil like in the locker room, off the field? Is he, is he kind of like, is he more? Is it because does he keep to himself more? Or is he like just talkative, one of the funny guys as well? Um, I mean, he's a very outgoing guy, but he he works extremely hard, and you know, obviously that shows on the field. Great teammate, um, you know, great guy to have in the clubhouse. Um, but you know, he's, he's definitely business first, but I mean, he also has a very good personality, very, uh, humorful and, um, yeah, I mean, there's just, you can't say anything bad about the guy. Yeah. And let's also talk about another guy, uh, Calvin Biggio, cause Calvin Biggio last year didn't have the year that he was kind of expecting. What was his aura like in the locker room or what was his like mindset during the year? He is a pro's pro. Like he, his knowledge of baseball is unbelievable. I mean, obviously he grew up. Um, you know, with, with, you know, his dad being around, you know, Hall of Famer and all that stuff. But, um, I mean, what people don't realize is his, his like last month and a half of the season was unbelievable. Like the guy was on base all the time. Um, you know, he, he makes all the plays. He's one of the, to me, one of the more polished hitters on our team as far as strike zone awareness and, and plate discipline. Um, but he's also another guy that works extremely hard and, you know, doesn't let one thing affect him, you know, into his next at bat or out in the field. Um, he, he's, a, he's a professional, and, and you know, he's definitely a guy that I want playing behind me. Who's the guy that you're kind of closest with on the Blue Jays in the locker room? Obviously, the conservative answer is I'm close with everyone, Johnny, but you can just bring, t- tell a story a couple about a couple of guys or just who's the closest guy with you on the team? Oh, I, I mean, I think everyone on the team would agree that uh, – Thomas Pannone and I are, are pretty much inseparable. Um, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of guys call us Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, but, yeah, that, that guy, 
is just loads of fun to be around. Super good sense of humor. You just kind of right up my alley. And, um, you know, we kind of just clicked from the start and, uh, it's, it's, he's, he's a trip, man. I'll tell you what. And Thomas Pannon is low-key. Like, I feel like he doesn't kind of get the recognition that he deserves because he's a good guy, like, out of the pen. Or even when he – he made a couple spot starts last year, too, or am I wrong? Yeah, no, he made a couple spot starts. Um, he pitched extremely well out of the pen last year. Yeah, I know. I, I, I love Thomas Pannon. And Thomas Pannon, if you're listening, man, big fan of yours. Love to have you hop on. This is a pro Toronto Blue Jays podcast. But I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention something about you. I, I read on Twitter today, Inside Scoop, let's, do, let's play the sports in that theme song. Da-na-na, Trent Thornton is starting this Saturday, making his uh, spring training debut. I announced it here first. You heard it here first in the officially unofficial podcast. Uh, can we get an insider on the first pitch you're going to throw in the game? Just just give us the fans a little insider. Ooh, I mean, it, it could be a lot of different pitches. Depends who, who the leadoff guy is. is uh, I mean, I could go I go fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, cutter. I mean, who knows? <laughs> All right. So there it is. That, that, he's not giving us the answer here, but we're going to say it. Trent Thornton will throw a fastball first pitch, opening open up spring training with the Toronto Blue Jays. And and in spring training, I heard that the Blue Jays got a new facility. Is this true? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's still kind of in the works right now. But what, what they've accomplished so far is, is awesome. I mean, they, they have, I think, three, four fields over there and then uh, like a half turf field that's covered. And it's I mean, it's going to be really, really cool. And let's give the over-under here on how many autographs you've signed so far. And you've been there for a couple of weeks, I'm assuming. How many autographs over-under do you think Trent Thornton has signed so far this spring training? Oh, man, that's a good question. That is, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hmm. Let's say 100. 100. Over-under. Oh, you, you want me to answer that? Yeah, let's see it. Oh, definitely over. Way over. Oh, so you're an autograph guy. You, you love signing balls for the kids, even the weird old guys that uh, request autographs. Yeah, I mean, obviously I prefer signing, signing stuff for kids. But, I mean, um, you know, I I remember being that little kid wanting autographs and stuff. And, you know, that's something my dad always told me is, you know, sign as many as you can because they could make that kid's day or make that kid's life. You never know. Just creating so what, more baseball fans out there. So what's the weirdest thing you've autographed in, in your major league career? I I know I've autographed a baby's hand. Um, I've autographed someone's kneecap. <laughs> a kneecap? Yeah. There's no way. No, I promise. In, in Toronto last year, it was probably a little bit before All-Star break. This kid was like, hey, man, can you sign something? And he had, like, nothing to sign. I was like, what do you want me to sign, buddy? Your knee? Like, kind of just joking around. He's like, yeah, sign my kneecap. So I, I signed it. So how hard was that for you to autograph a kneecap? Was that a little bit – was that – like, was the Trent Thornton more smudged than usual? Uh, I made sure that he, he flattened out his knee, got the skin nice and tight, and then, uh, you know, just tried to do as best I could. So you're an autograph pro pretty much. Like, you got it all figured out. You're dialed in on that. Yeah, it just depends on the angles and the type of utensil you're getting, whether it's a pen, Sharpie, or, you know, you know, erase marker, <laughs> dry erase marker. People use those too, so – yeah, I mean, I, I love it. This is why that you're, you're just you're you're Toronto you're you're Toronto's player. You're 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 the people's guy. So this is something else I wanted to mention. I forgot to mention this actually in your arbitration meeting that I'm going to be attending. Heard it here first. Uh, you also can swing it a little bit. And if, if if you ever leave the Toronto Blue Jays, God forbid that'll never happen. Not on my watch. Um, you got your first major league hit against the Giants. Not a big deal. You went you went you got two actually. So you could swing it a little bit. Is that something that came out of nowhere or could you always kind of have a little uh, little juice in the batter's box i mean 
I, I legitimately led the team in batting average last year. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, I, I, I actually had one at bat in college, and I was one for one. I was two for three last year. So, my last four at bats, I'm three for four in the last, I don't know, probably eight years, which is pretty good batting average. So, this is um, what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do, actually. Hold on. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give you – the Silver Slugger for the American League pitchers. That that's the award that I'm handing to you, an official and official. I'm gonna put someone listening, put it on a T-shirt. We're gonna give it to Trent Thornton. So go into what you were saying again about the at bats. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I could swing it a little bit in uh, in high school. You know, I, I I could switch hit a little bit. And so when I uh, when I was you know taking BP and stuff uh, before we went to San Fran, I I told our pitching coach and, and hitting coach like, hey, like I can I can switch hit. And they actually liked my left-handed swing better than my right-handed swing. But once it came down to game time, they didn't want me to get hit in my elbow. So they were like, hey, man, we just we want you to hit right-handed. So I was like, all right, whatever. And, uh, you know, I just kind of kind of got lucky, saw fastballs, and uh, just let it rip. So what, what was running through your head when you're running down the first baseline? Because I think the funniest thing in sports, in my opinion, is when you see the pitchers at first base in that massive dugout jacket looking like – the, it is honestly the biggest clown thing I've ever seen in my life. So what was running through your head? Were you thinking double-double running out of the batter's box? Or were you like, I'm not going to break something here? I'll be honest. Um, as soon as that I saw the ball drop, all I could think about was how bad my hand hurt. Because I got jammed so <laughs> bad. And, I mean, I'm shaking my hand. I'm like, dude, I hope I can pitch next inning. Um, and then they're all, they're all losing their minds in the dugout. And our pitching coach is like, hey, like, get a jacket, get a jacket. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not cold. So I think I, the second hit I got, I was on third base eventually, and they made me run in and get a jacket from third base, not even first base. Like there had been like two more batters, and they're like, "Hey, you need to put a jacket on." So I ran across the field from third to get that jacket, and then uh, Justin Smoke got walked. So all I did was walk home, and I scored two runs too. And honestly, I think I would honestly compare you to like the pitcher, like a pitching version of Justin Smoke. And let me tell you why, because I was, I'm a Canadian, obviously, like I stated, you kind of got that little Southern twang accent and I'm not going to, you don't have to say this, you don't have to confirm this, but I feel like you pack a couple dips on the bench, like to be loose a little bit, like to have a little bit of a skull mint, whatever. You're, you're more of like a Southern guy. Would you compare yourself to like the Justin Smoke of the pitching staff? Um, Ooh, that's a tough guy to compare yourself to. He uh, He's loved by everybody. I mean, and I, I think I'm a pretty likable guy, but I don't think anyone can compare to Smokey, man. That, that, guy's, that guy's a living legend. Yeah, and honestly, man, it breaks my heart seeing Smoke on because you weren't here when they were buzzing and they were in the playoffs. The, the city was unbelievable, and Justin Smoke was kind of the last piece to leave in that, so that was kind of a goodbye to me, goodbye to all Toronto that the, you know what, the the playoff Toronto Blue Jays, like, that that's done until the future. You were a pitcher, but did Smoke teach you anything about being a professional athlete or just playing for the Blue Jays, or were you guys, like, because pitchers and hitters are a little bit different? No, no, I, I actually love Smokey. I got along with him really well. Um, in the uh, in the locker room, I was over in his corner, which is called the High Rent District, because all those guys were making a lot of money. So I <laughs> some, some, somehow uh, got over there. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I would talk to Smokey every single day, you know, the whole time. And, and just he had a lot of great stories. And, um, I mean, you could learn something from him every single day, whether he's trying to teach you something or not. Do you have any, like, uh, funny stories about just the guys in the Toronto Blue Jays? Because I'll tell you a story. A couple of weeks ago, um, we had a guy on, Jonathan Heasley, 
or I think it was last week, actually, he told a story that he was in a bench-clearing brawl. He started it. But in the middle of the bench-clearing brawl, this is a minor league story, obviously, he ran to the dugout, threw up, and had to miss the fight that he started. Do you have any stories like that from minor league baseball, like just hilarious stories that you uh, got yourself into? I mean, I, I don't know if this is super funny or not, but uh, we were playing in, uh, where is it, I think Oklahoma City when I was still with the Astros. And we had Chipotle before the game. And, like, sometimes before a game, if I can't, like, clear my throat, I'll start dry heaving. I have no clue why. <laughs> and our pitching coach is watching me, like, <laughs> in the dugout. He's like, hey, man, you all right? I said, yeah, I just I can't clear my throat. And he looks over at me one more time, and I just threw up all over the dugout, just all this Chipotle. And he's like, dude, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm good. Got up. Ran out to the mound. I think I threw like seven shutout innings. He's like, dude, you need to start doing that before every start. So that was your Jordan flu game, pretty much. Like that. You, yeah. Th- honestly, the minor leagues is I. You you didn't go to a JUCO, but I compare the minor leagues to junior college. You're just. I say this always in the podcast. You're grinding on long bus rides. You're eating shitty food, and you're staying in like pretty much brothel hotels. There's people rolling out there. They're all they're all high. They're all drunk. What's the funniest minor league town you ever visited or played in? Oh, man. That's tough. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know if I can answer that right off the top of my head, to be honest. There, That's there, all right. there's, there's a lot of good stories. I mean, when I was playing in uh, Tri-City, uh, went out with uh, a couple of my buddies. Like we we just got back from a from a road trip, and you know, we were just getting a few drinks together. And this guy comes up to us on the street asking for money, and this guy's bleeding from his head like real bad, like huge gash in his head. He's like, "Hey, like, hey, you guys got money?" And we're just like, "Dude, what do we do? Like, what if this guy kills us?" And uh, <laughs> like one of my buddies pulls out a five. He goes, "Nah, man, I need more than that." And this guy saw that he had like a hundred dollar bill in his wallet. He's like, how about that hundred? And my buddy <laughs> put it on the ground about 10 feet away from him. And we just took off down the street and he got his, he got his hundred dollars and uh, we never saw that guy again. What a hustler. So he, he, he looked at, he looked him dead in the eye and you showed a little bill first. And the guy's like, okay, this guy's struggling just like I am. He showed the 100. He showed his cards early, right? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to offer, like, a Dick Sporting Goods gift card or something, but uh, <laughs> I didn't have the background. You're just you're a PayPal kind of guy, a cash app kind of guy. Let's get yeah. into some, let's get into a little bit back into baseball here. What's the pregame routine for Trent Thornton? You ripping smelling salts. What's the food you're having pregame here? Oh, man, I, I'm not good at eating on days that I pitch. Like, I it's, it's to a minimum. I, it's not that I get, like, anxious or, or anything. I'm just so amped up that it's hard for me to – eat a lot of food. Um, I drink a lot of water and, uh, I kind of just sit and honestly watch like nature documentaries. Um, <laughs> I'll just sit there. Like they, they gave me a bunch of crap. Cause like last year, a couple guys saw that I was just watching a video on monkeys or like, I mean, <laughs> I, some, sometimes I'll just watch like Disney movies, you know, just something really easy to, you know, just like occupy my time instead of just sitting there doing nothing but you know then obviously I, I go and you know get some treatment in the training room and stretch and all that stuff but you know I, I'm normally one of the first guys to the locker room uh the clubhouse every day so you know that doesn't change even on start days I get there early and just kind of chill and watch movies 
Yeah, no, I see, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm still laughing at the fact that you watch nature videos. So are you watching, like, uh, are you watching, like, tigers attack weak animals or just, like, hawks flying through the air because you're so American? No, I mean, yeah, I, I do watch a lot of that, but it's, like, National Geographic, like, you know, I'm, I'm learning stuff while I'm watching it. I, mean, I, know, I know all about these animals, and, uh, I mean, you know, I thought I might as well pass some time and learn at the same time, you know? Okay, and let's let's break news again here. All right, we're we're, this, we're a breaking news podcast. This is something that probably you've never been asked in your life. What is the walkout song for Trent Thornton in the 2020 season? Let's announce it right now. Let's break some news. Yeah, um, it's the uh, the Stroke by Billy Squire. Okay, you, I I don't know what that is to be honest. But oh, all dude, this... you, you've definitely heard it before. Okay, is, is it like an EDM song? No, no, no. It's like from the 80s. It's like okay. an 80s rock song. Yeah, I've had it my whole entire career. Um, it just gets me fired up, man. I get I get the chills. And you've definitely heard this song. Like, I promise <laughs> you, The Stroke by Billy Squire. It's it's an American classic. All right. All, all, all the American listeners, because we have a lot of American listeners, all they're doing right now is punching the air. They're like, how the hell has this clown not heard of this? <laughs> Take it easy on me. I, I need to hear the song first, and then I'll be like, all right, I heard of that. But I have a suggestion for you for a walkout song, because this this – female doesn't get as much recognition as i think she deserves in baseball she's canada's angel canada's songbird shania twain i oh. ju- just think about it just think about a little shania twain if things aren't going well switch it up with shania twain for me i'll be out the hey, game too I'll, I'll be honest with you and uh, my dad can attest to this when i was growing up i was probably i don't know eight eight nine years old and uh every day my dad would take me to football practice when i was little and he had three CDs of Shania Twain, and that's all we ever listened to on the way to football practice. Okay, that see, this is why I'm telling you, Trent. People are sleeping on Trent Thornton. You're you're gonna be the new fan favorite. What's your top three Shania Twain songs of all time? Ooh, uh, that don't impress me much. Oh um, my up, god, I love Up. And then, uh, ooh, man, I tell you what. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can narrow it down to three. There's, there's so many songs. I was actually listening to her uh, this morning on the way to the field. This who's is boot, whose boots have your uh, whose bed have your boots, boots been under? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. You are like people are gonna sleep on this. All I'm saying here is, Trent, don't forget about the official and official podcast when you blow up and you become Canada's angel because hey, this I'm is your. You, I, I like Alanis Morissette too. I mean, I, I I love her songs as well. I know she's Canadian. So you, I, you're pretty much. Are you? Let's ask a question. Are you going to get a Canadian citizenship? Because you're going to be playing with the Blue Jays for 12 years here, 15 years. I mean, I might as well have to, right? I mean, I, I just I, I got to get used to that cold weather first in the winters. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if I can overcome that type of adversity, I can do anything, you know. And let me promise you this, Trent. If I had a sister, I would hook you up with her just so you could get your <laughs> Canadian citizenship. I promise you that. I'm going to maybe look around the family tree, see if I have a couple cousins around your age. I'm trying to get Trent Thornton and the Junta family. We're going to figure that out just for you. We're going to get you the Canadian citizenship, citizenship Trent. Yeah, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> there it is. So let's let's talk about when you go out in Toronto because when you're playing for the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't know if you go out and get after it as much because baseball players are a little bit different than hockey players. Hockey players like to get after it. When you go out, or even just when you're grabbing a bite to eat, do you get recognized as much in Toronto? Um, a, a little bit. I wouldn't say as much as you think because everyone sees me pitch with glasses on, and I don't always wear glasses, and so a lot of people don't recognize me because I don't have my glasses on, which is not a bad thing. But um, 
Yeah, it just depends because I actually stayed at the ho- the the Marriott hotel that's connected to the Rogers Center all year. So when I did that, like, yeah, people recognize me all the time because they knew that I stayed there. Um, definitely won't be doing that again. But um, <laughs> I mean, you could go you go a week without seeing the sun if you don't leave the hotel because all I do is go on the elevator and I'm down at the field. So it was yeah. Uh, it- that hotel is beautiful, and and the thing that's cool about the hotel is is just they better have insurance on that hotel because Vladdy and BP has no regard for windows. There, oh, he dude. just loves to launch it off the windows. Talk about Vladdy's BP because I asked Nate, big boy Nate. We're gonna talk about him a little bit later, and he said that Vladdy's BP is just literally like one of the the greatest sights in the world to see. Is this true? Yeah, I mean it. It was unbelievable. Um, his debut, everyone, I mean, the Rogers Center was filled just to watch him take BP, and I'm sitting there shagging in the outfield, and he hits one dead center. I mean, I've never seen a ball hit this hard. And this older lady is on her phone, like, filming his BP, and this ball squares her up. Oh, and my all, God. All you hear is her yell, and we turn around, we're like, oh, my gosh, like, security's got to get over there right now. And... uh I mean, it was, it was scary, but that's how hard he hits the ball that, like, you don't have time to react. Like, there's balls that he hits right at me, and I'm in the outfield. I'm like, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. I just let it go. If, if, let's talk about the pitch sequence you throw to Vladi. Let's say you're facing Vladi. He hits literally anything. But what's the pitch sequence you're throwing to him specifically? Are you going to brush him inside, kind of scare him a little bit? I'm, I'm, I actually got to face him in the fall league, and uh, I went fastball up cut her away, change up in, and then cut her away, and I broke his bat. But uh, <laughs> And then I faced him in the fall star game, and I left a slider over the plate, and I think he hit it 118 miles an hour, like straight, <laughs> like straight through the fence for a double. And it was, I think, one of the hardest balls I've ever given up. Yeah, no, it, it, that guy is everything that I've ever dreamed of about hitting, but obviously it didn't happen. And believe it or not, Trent, uh, people can attest to this. In the fall, I might be one of the greatest hitters of all time. If the Major <laughs> League season was in the fall, I would be at a D1 right now, maybe UNC. I don't know. That's where you went to. You could have hooked it up, hopefully. I would have yeah. been there. Who's the best hitter that you've ever, ever played against? or pitched against in Major League Baseball? Because you face some absolute dogs. I mean, Aaron Judge, Stanton, those kind of guys. Who's the best guy that you've ever faced? There's two guys that gave me the most trouble that might not be exactly who you think, but Austin Meadows with Tampa Bay has, has my number. He was actually the last out I made of the season. I struck him out finally for the first time in the last batter. <laughs> and then uh, DJ LeMahieu. Like, those two guys, for me, just put together great at-bats every single time. And, I mean, when they come up, I know it's going to be, you know, all right, let's freaking go. Like, it's it's time to see what you're made of. And, uh, I mean, because you face guys like Mookie Betts and Bogarts and Judge and Stanton, and obviously they're tremendously talented players. But for some reason, uh, Austin Meadows and and DJ LeMay, who gave me the toughest time, yeah, and DJ LeMahieu is, I mean, the year that that guy put together last year is crazy. But people are sleeping on him, man. I'm telling you, Boba this year is going to have a monster year. Do you, in your opinion, if you're a betting man, you're obviously not a betting man, you can't gamble on baseball, would you take Boba to win Rookie of the Year or Vladdy or just anyone on the Blue Jays, obviously, because most of you guys are rookies? Um, it would not be surprising to me. I think that, you know, this team is just 
full of talent and those guys are i mean unbelievable to watch it, it's awesome sharing the field with those guys yeah and i i just bobachet like i said i i wanted to do a research on it because i asked the guy every time bobachet makes a play i want to calculate the statistics of how many children get conceived just based off how silky smooth that he is in the infield because i feel like thank god my girlfriend doesn't watch baseball because I'd have to keep her millions of miles away from the Rogers Center because she'd, <laughs> she'd want Boba Shett ASAP. And I feel like it's like that with that guy. When Boba Shett, when you guys go to field, when you guys go travel, do you, I asked this to uh, Tyler Glass now, do you kind of see a little increase in the female population to get a little firsthand look on uh, Boba Shett in the infield? Yeah, I mean, all he's got to do is wave his hair, you know, one way or the other, and you, know, you hear a girl screaming, oh, boom, boom. Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty funny. Did you happen to have you happened to catch a hockey game in Canada in Toronto? Obviously, um, not in Toronto. I went out to uh, Calgary for the winter tour and uh, caught a Flames and Oilers game, which was unbelievably fun. I mean, that was that was a blast. So you're just adapting to the culture here. So let's ask you this: Have you tried poutine? And what's your favorite Canadian beer? Have you had Molson Canadian? Are you a fan of Molson Canadian? No free ads. I'm going to blurt that out. Um, I've had poutine. Not bad. Um, it, I, I'm not a picky eater, so, you know, I'd, I'd eat it again. Um, Canadian beer, I'm trying to think. Mill Street Organic, I've had some of that. Okay. Um, man, I can't even remember the other ones. I've had a I've, Molson. I've definitely had those, too. Um, yeah, I mean, Canadian beer is fine. I like I like Labatt. That, that's, that's some good stuff. I don't know. There it is. And I have a funny story, actually. I forgot to mention the start of the podcast. This is how dedicated I am to interviewing you. This is how dedicated I am to the podcast. So I try to set up my lamp behind me, right? And it's you can't see it. I think you can see it, actually. And this lamp went yard sale city all over the floor. There's glass all over the floor. I said, fuck it. I'm interviewing Trent Thornton. I got to leave the glass on the floor, maybe risk a foot. I might get a foot injury. So this might be my Jordan flu game, but... I, if there's a lamp company out there that wants to reimburse me, this lamp is gonzo. won't even turn on. So that's just the dedication to the craft. If people ever wonder, yeah. Johnny, you don't have the dedication for it. I just absolutely ruined a lamp. My Maria, my mother, if you're listening to this, I apologize. I won't reimburse the lamp. I won't pay for it. But, Trent, just know that this is dedicated. This probably never happened to you before in a podcast. Hey, a little blood, sweat, and tears never hurt nothing. Is this the first podcast you've ever done? Uh, no, it's, it's not. Okay, so I, I was gonna say like I was gonna say like we're kind of this is like the start of a relationship here. But what other podcasts have you done? Oh geez, I can't remember the names. Um, I've I've done a decent amount. Okay, so we're just gonna hopefully you don't say that about this podcast. It's a pretty simple name, officially unofficial. We're a pro Trent Thornton podcast, and I actually saw that on Twitter. You're not really that active as much anymore on Twitter. So I have an offer for you. I want to kind of help you out with your Twitter. For instance, I actually just tweeted a hype. I got Trent Thornton on this Thursday. Kind of get the people's blood boiling, get the people going here. I'm going to tag you on every tweet that I do here just to get that activity up again for Trent Thornton because we need to make you – we need to get those followers up, get those promo codes for you, get that get that bag. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. Like, like the sound of that. There it is. I mean, sorry. But uh, let, let's go into something else here. You kind of pitch with a little bit uh, – not a little bit, actually. You pitch with a lot of emotion on the mound, and it's something that I love because I had a lot of emotion, but obviously it didn't work for me. How do you kind of transfer transfer that emotion, like that emotion, to pitching well? Because on the mound, you kind of got to be calm and all that kind of stuff. How do you know when to channel it? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you 
when I was in college, like I was a really, I, I pitched with emotion and like, there's obviously times where you have to channel that and not make a fool out of yourself. Um, but I have, I have no issue with pitchers getting amped up when they do something good. You know, you see, you see hitters, you know, pimp home runs and whatnot. And, you know, if I get a big strikeout in a big situation or, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get jacked up. I mean that's that's you know certain people get motivated and and, and hype off of different things and you know a lot of guys would would give me a hard time sometimes last year where I'd make a big pitch or get out of an inning with a strikeout and you'd see a big fist pump or you know just you know me mouthing something. But uh, <laughs> you know it, it's it's just who I am as a pitcher and um, you know I, I I love getting jacked up, man. Like like getting that adrenaline rush and and you know doing something, uh, you know, successfully, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, there, there's a difference between being arrogant and braggadocious and, um, you know, just getting fired up. So, no, no, see, I don't know what braggadocious means, but I'm just going to pretend. So I sound a little bit smarter, sound a little bit cooler. I, I hope that's I, a real word. <laughs> someone stat check if braggadocious is a real word. Cause I have literally no idea, but let's talk into something here. Every time I used to play, I used to sing the song American Pie in my head. I don't know why. That was the only song that ran through my head, which is probably why my swing was so slow and I was so slow on the bass pass. Is there a certain song that's running through your head when you're on the mound, or is it just empty thoughts? You're just focused on the focused on pitching, obviously. I mean, honestly, like there will be games where I'll have my walkout song stuck in my head for the first couple <laughs> innings. So I'll just be mouthing it. Like sometimes you'll see my mouth moving on the mound and I'm just singing my song. <laughs> that, that's electric. And another guy that shows emotion on the mound, he, he isn't on the Blue Jays anymore. Marcus Stroman. What was that like playing with Marcus Stroman last year? Because he, he was, he was pretty much the reason the Jays were so good in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely another guy that pitches with emotion, um, you know, works extremely hard and uh, you know, he's, he's been a very successful pitcher. Yeah, and yeah, and let's let, let's talk about this this upcoming season for the Jays. Is there because you've been you've been a big leaguer for a year now? You've been a, you've been a big leaguer for a year. You've went through every every stadium. You've you've visited stadiums. What's your favorite town to visit, and what's like a city that you haven't been to before that you're kind of looking forward to going to? Um, last year I, I had two favorite places. I, I love going to Boston. Um, I just think the history of Fenway is is unbelievable. Um, I I grew up a little bit of a Red Sox fan as well. Um, so pitching on Fenway at, at Fenway was uh, a super, super cool experience. Like I actually got chills first time I stepped on the mound, but um, you know, pitching against the Rockies at their place was also, I mean, that, that stadium and everything is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, but I, I'm excited to pitch in Pittsburgh. Um, I was, I was born in Pittsburgh and um, you know, I just think it'd be cool to basically have all my family that still lives there, you know, come support me. And um, so I, I definitely, you know, PNC Park's a beautiful park as well. So I, I would love to pitch in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and this is the second last question here. When we had Nate Pearson on the podcast, I called him the, the Thick Six God. So can you kind of start that nickname in the Blue Jays clubhouse, the Thick Six God? I feel, or, or Big Smoke. Because Toronto's nickname is Big Smoke, and Nate's big and he throws absolute gas. What has been your impre- What's been your impression of Nate Pearson so far? Yeah, he, he's a super awesome guy, like very humble. I mean, for a guy that throws absolute fuzz, he's one of the most humble guys. Um, you know, super, super nice guy to talk to. You know, another guy I can't say anything bad about him. Um, works extremely hard, and you know, he's he's going to be a big leaguer for a long time. 
There it is. And this is the last question here. Cause don't want to take up too much of your time. You probably got a golf a round of golf. You got you probably got a golf sooner than later here. Uh, what what's your expectations for you this year as well as the Blue Jays? Like, what's the what what are you going into the season looking forward to or just expect expecting for yourself? Yeah, I mean, me personally, um, you know, it comes down to I would like to have a quality start every time out. I mean, to me, that takes care of every single thing I'm trying to accomplish. I, if I have a quality start, it means I'm going six plus every game. You know, giving my team a chance to win, hopefully get to 200 innings, 200 plus innings. Um, you know, if you're having a quality start, you're everything else takes care of itself. So other than that, I mean, I, I really think we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. We have a ton of talent and we made a lot of good acquisitions. And I, I just I think we're going to do more than just compete this year. Yeah, and I'm going to call you guys the team of destiny, just like I'm calling you Mr. September. Uh, I'm going to project your season next year. You're going to go 15-8 and eight with a 2-7-4 ERA. Boom, called it here right now. Maybe even in maybe in the Cy Young contention. I don't know. We'll see. But Trent Thornton, sneaky this year. I appreciate you hopping on this podcast, man. It was electric. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast. And there you had it. You ha- There it is. Mr. September, Mr. Daytime Baseball. I'm excited for his season this year. I'm excited for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm excited for people to listen to this episode, man, because you're going to have a lot of people falling in love with you. You're pro Shania. You're pro Molson Canadian. And I'm fired up for it, man. Thank you for hopping on this. Yeah, man. This was a blast. Seriously. Uh, anytime you need anything, let me know. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.